Hi everyone, welcome to Lola's Frugal Life. This is episode number 299. Today we're gonna to be talking about the basics of savings. So please stick around for a few quick words from our sponsor and we'll get right into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about the basics of savings. So um, I was going to start out with this disclaimer because originally this episode was going to be the basics of savings and investing, but I decided for the investing part to go more towards the route of um, kind of going over some basic investing terms that we might hear a lot, Um, index fund or um, Roth IRA or Roth 401k or um, mutual fund or e, um, exchange, uh, ETFs. I wanted to make sure I had the exchange traded funds. I just wanted to make sure I had the letters the right way. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the more I thought about different terms, I felt like the episode was going to get way too long. So I'm not going to go into those at all. I'm going to do another episode, I think next week, just covering some of those basic investing terms that you might hear kind of thrown around. Um, but because I was going to talk about some investing terms, I was going to start this episode out with a disclaimer that I'm not a financial advisor and all that kind of stuff that you're supposed to say when you talk about investment type activity. Um, however, just throwing it out there, of course, I'm not a financial advisor and we really had nothing but a 401k and college savings for my kids as far as savings goes up until within the last couple of years. So I'm definitely not an expert in the area, but I just thought it would be good to just share the basics um, that I have learned and what has helped us um, over time as we've kind of got our finances in a better order. So today's episode is just going to be talking about savings in general. And then I think next week is when I'm going to do um, a separate episode on basic investing terms, just kind of defining what some of those words mean that you might hear. And we don't always like fully understand what they might mean. So hopefully that'll be a helpful episode. So today I just want to talk about savings. So basically with savings, there's pretty much two general types of savings. One is more for um, things that you're going to want to be access, you're going to want to be able to access the money at any given time. That might be for like a vacation or a new car or even like your emergency fund. It's going to be um, savings that you want available and you want to be able to just grab it when you need it. And then the other type of savings is more for long term, which might be typically for retirement or for college savings. So for short-term savings, typically it's held in a savings account um, that earns minimal interest. Um, Sometimes people will put money in a CD if it's not like super um, short-term, but the CDs now hardly even barely earn much more than a savings account when you're doing like a high-yield savings account. So it's like barely any of these accounts even hardly earn any interest at all. So just find the best interest that you can get and stick the money in that account. 
But um, the reason we put it in a, a regular savings account is because we don't want to have to worry about losing some of the savings if the market happens to be down when we need the money. So if you have um, savings in an investment account invested in something like an index fund, um, the value of that money is going to go up and down with the market. And like I said, I'm going to do a separate episode on some of these basic investing terms if you're not familiar with index funds. So make sure to check out that episode. But the whole point is that if you have to take money out um, of the account when the value is down, you're going to realize some of those losses. In other words, you're going to lose some of that money because you didn't have time to wait for the market value to come back up. When you have money in a regular savings account, you could take that money out at any time without the risk of losing any of the value of that money. So the goal with short-term savings is not for the um, value of that money to grow, it's just to make sure you have that money aside for whatever your intended purpose is. So one main type of um, shorter term savings that we have um, or we like to have or would want to have is emergency savings. So even though technically you may not wind up using this for, if you're lucky, for a very long time in the future, it's it's still considered a short-term savings because you it's there so that you can access it at any time. So you don't want it to be invested um, in the market where it could be going up and down. And when you have an emergency, if it's down and you need to take a big amount of money out, you're going to lose a ton. You just want it to sit there in a regular account that you can easily access. And the point is to just have the money there and not really to grow that money. So emergency savings is kind of one of those savings that we usually um, start out with when we're starting to think about starting to build some savings. Um, as I mentioned before, we never really had any savings like throughout our life, um, except for like a 401k that I was contributing to and money we were putting aside for our kids' college. But as far as like for when emergencies came up, we never had really any money to access. And when I finally got serious about getting in better financial shape, one of the best and most exciting things that we did was to save up our emergency fund. And an emergency fund is just what it sound like. sounds like. It's a fund to be used only in the case of an emergency. Um, it's typically recommended to save up about three to six months of living expenses in your emergency fund, kind of like as a benchmark. The reason they say three to six is because it, it really just relies on what makes you feel comfortable. And um, you also want to take into account how risky your job is and how likely it is that you might need to um, dip into that money. Like how likely might you lose your job or do you have maybe some health issues that might um, cause you to have some major medical bills or, you know, you kind of just want to look at your life and your lifestyle and determine how, how likely it is that you might need to wind up needing to live off of that emergency fund. And that's kind of how you determine how much you want to put aside. But the emergency fund is not only for being out of work and needing to live off of it. That number is just kind of a benchmark on how much to put in there, but it's also for um, situations that just might come up that you had no expectation of happening. Like maybe you don't have a medical issue, but suddenly something happens and you have a large medical bill. Or maybe your car suddenly um, breaks down and you need like a $3,000 repair or, you know, whatever. Anything can happen um, where you might need to dip into that emergency fund. And having an emergency fund is one of the best tools you can have for staying out of debt. Um, rather than charging an emergency on a credit card, you can pull the funds from your emergency um, fund. And when that happens though, it's really important to work on immediately getting that money back into the account 
as quickly as you can. Um, sometimes this can take a while, but maybe if you could just kind of think of it as if you charged that money on a credit card, you would have to work on paying that credit card back down. So instead of paying the credit card down, you're paying yourself back and getting that money back into the emergency fund. I've been working on this all year so far this year, and I think part of last year too, I can't remember. We hit our fully funded emergency fund balance that we were, uh, that was our goal um, last year. And then almost immediately after we um, had it fully funded, we had several big emergencies um, from a couple of medical issues to some emergency home repairs. We needed to have a big section of our roof suddenly repaired, which um, required replacing skylights that we have because when you replace a portion of the roof, they um, encourage you to replace the skylights that we had skylights um, in there. So they encourage you to replace those because they were like over 10 years old. So you don't want to have to um, put on a new roof and then have the skylights start leaking a couple years later and then they have to destroy all the work to replace them. So not only did we have to have roof repaired, we needed to get two skylights replaced and then we had some medical issues. Like all these things came up and we immediately had to start pulling out of the emergency savings. So while I was super, super grateful that we had put that money aside and we were able to pull from there, um, it's, it's, a, it's um, a lot of effort now to get that money back in and we're really making that our biggest priority. So just, you know, when you're thinking about emergency savings and, and coming up with the amount, although it's amazing, it's an amazing feeling once you get that fully funded to where you want it to be, you have to still always be diligent of replenishing it once you have it in place. So it's kind of like it makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I did all that work and I still have to put the money away again because we used it. But that's just the nature of an emergency fund. When you use it, you need to replace it. So anyway, that's enough about emergency funds for this episode. Um, so other short-term savings that you might have. Um, it's off, It's really important to take time to think of what you would like to be saving up for. So even though we might not think we have enough money available to save up as much as we would like for certain things, it's still a good idea to have a plan in mind of what you would like to save up for when you have some extra money. So if additional funds do become available, you have a place to put them. And those extra funds might be something as simple as receiving a birthday gift or, um, you know, maybe you budgeted that a car repair was going to, or car maintenance was going to cost a certain amount and it wound up coming in less. Like any little area where you can find some extra money where you wind up spending less than you expected or you received a little bit more than you thought you would, it's a good idea to have a plan in place on where you want to put that money. Because if you have no savings goal set, often any of that like found money will just end up being used on random things. So for us, what we do is we have several areas that we like to put money aside for when money becomes available. Um, and in addition to deciding what we what those areas are that we want to save for, we decided to put a percentage attached to each of those um, line items so that when we do have something, um, I don't have to sit there and think about where how it's going to get allocated. So for example, if you're really focused on your emergency fund, but you also wanted to be able to put a little bit of money away for a weekend trip, you might decide that whenever there's extra money, maybe 80% goes to the emergency fund and 20% goes to a savings for a weekend getaway. And then as your emergency fund becomes close to being fully funded, maybe you decide that percentage breakdown. So you can kind of rethink how you want to break down the money um, over time. But for me, 
I'm an overthinker and what was happening is every time we would have a little bit of money to put aside, I would sit there and stress over which account that money should go into. So rather than having to make that decision every single time there was a little bit of money to put somewhere, one time we sat down and said, okay, how do we want to prioritize this? And we set percentages and I have a little spreadsheet. I type in the amount of extra money we have and it tells me exactly how much to put in each fund. So I am able to just say, okay, this much is going here, this much is going here, and I don't have to sit there stressing over it every time. I stressed over it once, made a decision, and moved on. Of course, as things change, we'll reassess that, but at least it's not every single time. If you're not an overthinker like that, you might just be able to decide how you wanna, where you wanna put the money as it comes up, but I like kind of overthink things like that, and it was just causing me stress every time on making sure I made the perfect decision. So I decided once and that's just how the money gets allocated. So just just having those things um, identified and having um, some accounts established or even just like a savings account and then you can allocate what the money's for on a spreadsheet. But just having that in place can really help you with getting that savings going because when you have some money, you remember that you have those savings accounts and you'll put the money aside rather than just spending it on, I don't know, extra snacks at the convenience store or whatever. I don't know what you would spend it on, but you know. um, And don't forget, don't discount the small amounts. They all add up over time too. Like I apply that percentage breakdown to any little bit of money I find, even if it's just like an extra $5 that I came in under budget on something, it all gets allocated out. Of course, you don't have to be that particular with it um, as I am, but just don't forget to count all those little amounts because when you stick those little amounts aside, I mean, even if you had $5 a week, that's $20 at the end of the month. So all those little amounts um, do add up. So if you do find that you have a little extra money, even if it's small, um, still consider trying to stick it into one of those um, savings accounts that you've decided you know, are the things that you want to be saving up for. And then, of course, I can't talk, not talk about sinking funds when we're talking about the basics of savings. So sinking funds are savings for a variety of expenses. So of course, the, a vacation fund or a weekend fund, that can be a sinking fund. Um, but the whole idea with a sinking fund is that you put money into it on a regular basis so that when these periodic expenses come up, you have the money set aside for them. So in the past, I used to go over budget constantly because expenses would come in for things like our pet's annual vet visit or a field trip for the kids or birthday party gifts or ordering in pizza or my annual Prime membership fee or whatever it was. They weren't like regular weekly expenses, but they were things that would keep coming up over time. And whatever it was, um, there were things that I knew would be coming, but somehow I always assumed that I'd be able to cover them with like the miscellaneous portion of my budget. And that never happened. There were always way too many miscellaneous costs that would come up and they would cause us to go over budget because several of them would always seem to hit at the same time. And then on the weeks when we didn't have those miscellaneous costs come up, we would end up just spending the money on other things. We weren't like planning ahead to put that money aside for when these things did come up. So now what we do is we put aside a small amount of money each week so that when these things come up, we already have the money aside and it has no impact on our current week's budget. So I do this for certain things that are necessities that I know will be coming up. Like I said, for um, you know, an annual vet visit or prime membership fee or um, 
I don't know. Like, there's so many things. I have so many sinking funds. I think I've gone a little crazy with it, but I love it. I've established them over time as these things come up. But I also put aside for fun things too. So like one example of a fun sinking fund I have is called family fund. So I put $10 aside each week into that fund. And when I'm out with the kids or, you know, maybe they want to get a fancy coffee or a treat from somewhere or maybe pick up a new board game or whatever it is, um, I can pull money from that account and I don't have to um, worry about taking it out of our regular weekly budget so it doesn't have any impact and it feels so much better to spend money on things like that when you know you have a place to take it from it's just a whole different feeling so maybe just spend some time about thinking what expenses always catch you off guard and see if it's something that you might be able to put aside a little bit each week towards um, so that when that comes up you'll have the money aside already and it actually gives you a really good perspective of how much money you actually have available to spend each week because when you start seeing how much you need to put aside for all of these other things that will definitely be coming up you you wind up with less um, free spending money um, to spend on just random things each week but that's the reality because these things are coming up and you're not suddenly going to have more money when they come up so just kind of think about what are some of those things that always wind up causing you um to miss your budget because you weren't planning for them and you didn't have money set aside. And even if you just pick like one and then build on it from there, it'll it'll be really helpful. Like don't stress yourself out thinking you have to identify all of them at once. When I started doing it, I picked one thing and I would start saving for it. And then as things came up, I'd say, oh, this is something I probably should be saving for. And then I've kind of just developed it over time. So those are kind of like all of your short-term type savings. Then, of course, there's there's long-term savings, um, and those are usually held in some type of an investment account rather than a savings account. Because the money's not needed in the short term, it can be invested so that the value of that money can grow over time much higher at a much higher rate than what you'll get on a savings account. So when you initially open up an investment account, the money is usually put in some type of cash account, which is basically like a savings account. So it's very important to make sure that you go into that account and choose how you actually want that money invested. Otherwise, you will not be getting the benefits of having the money invested. It's not gonna be any different than if you just had the cash sitting there. So a lot of people will open up an investment account and they'll put money in it and not realize that they need to go in and now make choices on how they want that money invested. Um, And then of course, the closer you get to the point when you're gonna need that money, the more conservatively you might want those investments to be because as you're getting closer to the point when you're gonna wanna take that money out, Um, you don't want the value to be going up and down because if you need to take the money out and you're down $10,000, you don't wanna have to lose that $10,000. So generally it's advised like as you get closer to the point where you're gonna need that money, you wanna kind of um, change your investments to be more conservative because conservative investments don't change in value um, as much as more aggressive investments do. Um, So conservative investments are more like um, bonds typically and and aggressive investments are usually more um, stock-based. But I'm going to talk about some of those things in that um, episode that I said I'm going to be doing separately on um, basic investing terms. Um, but I think most people kind of, kind of know the difference between a conservative and an aggress- aggressive um, investment. And there is also less gross, growth opportunity with conservative investments. So while we want to switch to those as we get Um, closer to needing the money, 
you really want to consider um, where you want to be as far as how conservative you want to be during your um, longer term savings or investing period because the more conservative you are, the less opportunity you have to grow that money. So everyone has a different risk tolerance. Um, so we all just kind of need to decide how much risk we're willing to take um, when we're investing our money. And then that's how you decide how you're going to kind of divvy it out. So just to wrap up today, I just want to say, um, just save what you can. So often people won't save anything because they don't feel like the amount that they have to put aside is enough to make a difference. But it really is true that every little bit counts. I mean, even if you build up an emergency fund of $500 over time, when you have an emergency, you're still going to be glad that you have that $500 to help you out. Even if you don't think that the amount of money you have to allocate to savings is enough, it's still better than not saving at all. Because we can end up spending those little bits of money um, on things that we could have, um, where we could have put the money to savings, but we wind up just spending them on little things that didn't really even matter much to us. And it really feels good to put some money into savings and watch your accounts grow, even if it's just a little bit at a time. So I just wanna encourage you, to do what you can and be proud of the savings that you can accumulate regardless of the size of the account. So I hope this episode was helpful or encouraging to you in some way. Um, don't forget, you can always email me with any questions or suggestions at lolasfrugallife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at lolasfrugallife. You can find blog posts for each episode on my website at lolasfrugallife.com. And you can also join our private listeners group at facebook.com slash groups slash lolasfrugallife. And if you enjoy the show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen from. And I would really love it if you would screenshot the show and tag me on Instagram so I could see your listening. Also, if you can please take a couple of seconds to rate and review the podcast, that would be really helpful to me. Those ratings and reviews are what help um, let the show be shown to more people that might be interested in something like this. There's also a link in the episode details to financially support the podcast if that's something you're interested in. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a really awesome day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available to you locally. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lola, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Lola's Frugal Life listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Lola.